Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Monday, February 5th. Happy Disaster Day, which sounds oxymoronic, and I don't know why anybody'd want to celebrate such a thing. Disasters are literally the opposite of celebrations. That's why we call them that. Except I'm a Floridian, and Floridia is a hurricane magnet, and we invented the hurricane party. So I guess I got no room to talk. Yeah, it's a safe bet somebody down here is getting flooded out or blown over or something every year. Or struck by lightning. We lead the world in that. And shark attacks. And flesh-eating disease. We're number one in that too. So we got that going for us. But everybody's got something to contend with. Last year about this time, the wind chill on Mount Washington, New Hampshire hit 110 below zero. Which I ain't ever even seen real snow. I can't even imagine what that'd be like except not good. The Midwest has tornadoes, those are scary. California has earthquakes, wildfires, and Gavin Newsom. So far as disasters go, Bout can't get away from them, especially them man-made ones. Speaking of which, again, Floridia's got y'all beat, cause we have our very own superhero, name a Florida man. If you're unfamiliar with Florida man, which I don't know how you could be, then grab a drink and some popcorn Google that name and get ready to be entertained for as long as you can stand to look at it. If you ever seen a story on the news about a dude in flip-flops and cutoffs, drunk as a skunk, leading the cops on a slow-speed chase on a riding lawnmower after trying to rob a Wendy's with a live alligator, that's him. That's Florida Man. And just so we're clear, with could either mean using one as a weapon or just accompanied by. Either way works. Florida Man may not be the superhero we wanted, but darn sure he's the one we were asking for. Our reading for today is Exodus 21, 22 through 23, 13, Matthew 24, 1 through 28, Psalm 29, 1 through 11, and Proverbs 7, 6 through 23. So if y'all are ready, but you got to keep all that misfortune in perspective though, because if I had a nickel for every time God pulled a Romans 8, 28 and out of nowhere took what looked like a disaster and turned it into something awesome, I'd have a lot of nickels. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday, on the 4th in the Old Testament, we read Exodus 19:16 through 21:21, and God had told the Jews to sanctify themselves for 3 days, and on the 3rd day, God showed up, and there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount, and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud, so that all the people in the camp trembled, and I bet they did. Mm-hmm. And Mount Sinai was smoking, because the Lord descended upon it in fire. And the whole mount quaked greatly. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the bottom of the mountain. So Moses goes up on the mountain, but the Lord stops him and sends him back down to make sure nobody else is trying to come up behind him. He says only him and Aaron are allowed up there. So Moses goes back down. And in chapter 20, when he gets back up there, the first thing God does is give him the Ten Commandments the first of which is, you'll have no other gods before me, which seems like a given, but I guess they need to be told. And the second one is, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. And that doesn't mean sculpture is bad. That means don't worship little statues like the pagans do. The phrase, unto thee, is the difference. If he'd said, don't make any graven image, then sculpture would be bad. But unto implies worship or devotion of some kind. 
And the next one is, in fact, thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. And then he says, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And that doesn't mean using profanity. That means calling yourself a Christian when you're not. For example, if you're going to drive around speeding and weaving through traffic and cutting people off and screaming at them and just generally being dangerous, you probably ought to pop that Jesus fish off the back of your car. If you're going to claim Jesus, you need to make some kind of effort to follow him. And the next one is, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, so take a day off to pray. And then honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. You don't have to love them. You don't even have to like them. You just have to honor them. But Bible y'all Paul, what if they were terribly abusive and if you let them be involved in your life, they're just going to hurt you? Well, I didn't say let them be involved in your life. I said honor them. Even if there's almost nothing you can do to honor your parents except to agree that parents should be honored by their children, then do that. Look at it this way. Even if your parents were rotten, most aren't. Most do the best they can, and that entitles them to a certain amount of respect. Imagine what our society would be like if it was the opposite. If nobody agreed, parents should be honored. Then our days would not be long upon the land, would they? But the next one is, thou shalt not kill. And in the Hebrew, it's thou shalt not murder, not kill. And there's a difference. Not all killing is sinful. You have to kill to survive. If you don't, you'll die, and that's just killing yourself. Of course, killing and death are part of the curse. So maybe all killing is sinful. We just can't avoid doing it. So when the Bible says, for all have sinned, maybe eating carrots is an example of that. I'm not saying it is, and I'm not saying it ain't. I'm just wondering if there's more going on than we realize. Besides, Jesus says just being angry without cause is equivalent to murder. So good luck. The next one is, thou shalt not commit adultery, which Jesus says includes just looking at a girl to lust after her. Any y'all done that lately? Ever seen any television program? It's kind of hard to escape that one too. The next one is, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. And the words translated bear and false and witness all have the words testimony in the definitions. And some people think this is more about sworn legal proceedings and just lying in general doesn't count. Other folks think even telling jokes is a lie. So stand up comedy or acting is sinful like William Shatner is a liar because he isn't really the captain of a starship or writing a fictional short story or singing a song about something that never actually happened. Now, I suspect the truth is more in the middle and has more to do with intention and where your heart is. But bottom line, don't lie to people. The next one is, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor nothing that belongs to him. And this is a good example of the difference between jealousy and envy. It's one thing to look at your neighbor's pickup truck and say, That's a really nice truck. I'm jealous. I wish I had one like it. That's fine. That's not a big deal. If you look at it and say, I wish I had his truck, or why does he get a truck and I don't, or if I can't have it, he shouldn't either, and then you go burn it in his driveway, well, that's envy and that's sinful. So just go get your own stuff and leave people alone. And down in verse 18, it turns out that the Jews running up the mountain wasn't all that big a threat, because when they saw the lightning and smoke and stuff, they couldn't get far enough away. And they were like, Moses, we'll just talk to you and you can tell us what God said, because we ain't going up there. And God's cool with that. And he keeps giving Moses more rules. He says, An altar of earth thou shalt make unto me, and shalt sacrifice thereon thy burnt offerings. And when you build it, just pile up rocks. Don't build it out of hewn stone, because your human efforts and religious works just pollute what I'm doing. And in chapter 21, he gives more rules about Hebrew servants. 
and think slaves, but not really. Jewish slaves were more like indentured servants. And if you buy one, he goes free after seven years. If his master have given him a wife, and she have borne him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters, and he shall go out by himself. Which sounds really harsh, but think about it. If he loved his family, he'd stay. So it's on him. But if he's got a good deal and he chooses to stay and serve the master, then they do this symbolic ceremony where they pierce his ear by driving a nail through it into the doorpost, and he stays on permanently as a bondservant, which still sounds harsh. But remember, this is all typology anyway. The rules of marriage were meant to represent the marriage of Christ and the church, and the idea of choosing to serve the master is the exact thing Christ expects of us. And bondservant is exactly how Paul, not me, the other Paul, describes himself on more than one occasion. So again, more going on than we realize. Then there's some rules for women servants, and if the master takes her as a concubine or a wife, that affords her certain rights and privileges that male servants don't get, such as not to be resold. And if she marries the master or a son, she's no longer a servant, but a full-fledged wife. And if the master doesn't live up to this, she goes free. Again, all this sounds weird to us, but this was way better than how the pagans treated slaves. They just worked them to death and went and got another one. The idea that slaves had rights was revolutionary for that time. And then there's some rules about murder. If you kill somebody, you get put to death, usually by the family of the victim. If it was an accident or manslaughter, there's places you can flee to, but we'll get to that. And he that kidnaps somebody and sells him, or if you still got him, he shall surely be put to death. Again, slaves have rights. If you get in a fight and hurt somebody, you got to cover his lost time and medical expenses, unless he's your servant because you're paying all that anyway. But if you kill your servant, you're in trouble. And I don't believe God approves of keeping slaves and servants, but I think every society did back then, and the Jews were no different. And there's a lot of countries that still keep slaves. So I think God made an allowance for the hardness of their hearts like he did with marriage and set down some rules so that people could be treated fairly. But that's about as far as we got. And I just want to point out that Adam and Eve sold us out into slavery And God is teaching slaves to be free, to think free. And he started with the Jews. That's a really good point. But in the New Testament, we read Matthew 23, 13 through 39. And Jesus just got done explaining how he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. And then he lays in to the Pharisees for doing just the opposite of that. He says, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, says it a lot. He says, not only do they refuse to enter the kingdom of heaven, they won't let anybody else in either. He says, they take everything the widows have and then pretend to pray for them. He says, they go around evangelizing, but then make the converts children of hell just like they are. He says, basically, they consider the sanctified gold and other offerings to be greater than the temple and altar that does the sanctifying in the first place, because they're greedy. He says, you pay your tithes, but you forget all about law, judgment, mercy, and faith which kind of negates the whole tithe thing. He says they strain at a gnat and swallow a camel, which is a fantastic saying, like how they get bent out of shape over healing on Saturday and ignore that it's the Messiah doing miracles. He says y'all act all pious and make yourselves look good to the outside, but inside y'all are all dead and worthless, like whitewashed sepulchers. Then he basically says y'all are the same group that killed all the prophets, then you got the nerve to put flowers on their graves. And he calls them serpents and a generation of vipers and says, how can ye escape the damnation of hell? He says, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, but y'all wouldn't come. Then check this out. Verse 39. For I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth till ye shall say, 
Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And that will come up again in Revelation, because that's kind of what we're all waiting on, for the Jews to recognize Jesus as the Messiah, which they will. And when they do, it starts some things rolling. But we'll get to that. Whoa, good. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 28, 1 through 9. And David is begging God to hear his prayers and to keep him from behaving wickedly, which is an interesting concept, that the Lord will make you a better person if you ask him. And David does that a lot. And then he closes out with praise and faith like usual. You know, on this side of the cross, that is exactly what happened. Given a new heart, we are a new creature, peculiar, because we still have the old heart. God makes all things new when we begin to believe him in the matter. We have the Holy Spirit to help us change. And I tell you, I've prayed a lot for help. (laughs) Well, they're always trying to tell you that you got to change. You got to change. But God will change you if you let him. Amen. You don't have to do it. He'll take care of it for you. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 7, 1 through 5. says, Keep my commandments and live, and my law as the apple of thine eye. And that's an interesting concept. God called the Jews the apple of his eye. And Solomon's saying to call the law God gave us the apple of their eye. He says, Say unto wisdom, Thou art my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman, that they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with her words. And there's that metaphor again. Wisdom as a caregiving woman and stupidity as a harlot. Because stupidity is attractive. You can have a lot of fun in the short term being stupid. Trust me. But it's a hard road. Family, we have Father God, wisdom for a sister, and understanding is a close relative. Now this family looks out for its own. With Father God's commandments, wisdom is found. And with her comes understanding. Listen to them. And we will be insulated from folly's flattery. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for February 5th is Exodus 21:22 through 23:13. If men strive and hurt a woman with child so that her fruit depart from her, and yet no mischief follow, he shall be surely punished, according as the woman's husband will lay upon him, and he shall pay as the judges determine. And if any mischief follow, then thou shalt give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burning for burning, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. And if a man smite the eye of his servant, or the eye of his maid, that it perish, he shall let him go free for his eye's sake. And if he smite out his manservant's tooth, or his maidservant's tooth, he shall let him go free for his tooth's sake. If an ox gore a man or a woman, that they die, then the ox shall be surely stoned and his flesh shall not be eaten, but the owner of the ox shall be quit. But if the ox were wont to push with his horn in time past, and it hath been testified to his owner, and he hath not kept him in, but that he hath killed a man or a woman, the ox shall be stoned, and his owner also shall be put to death. If there be laid on him a sum of money, then he shall give for the ransom of his life whatsoever is laid upon him. Whether he have gored a son or have gored a daughter, according to this judgment shall it be done unto him. If the ox shall push a manservant or a maidservant, he shall give unto their master thirty shekels of silver, and the ox shall be stoned. If a man shall open a pit, or if a man shall dig a pit, and not cover it, and an ox or an ass fall therein, the owner of the pit shall make it good, and give money unto the owner of them, and the dead beast shall be his. If one man's ox hurt another's, that he die, then they shall sell the live ox, and divide the money of it, and the dead ox also they shall divide. Or if it be known that the ox hath used to push in time past, and his owner hath not kept him in, 
He shall surely pay ox for ox, and the dead shall be his own. Chapter 22. If a man shall steal an ox or a sheep and kill it or sell it, he shall restore five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. If a thief be found breaking up and be smitten that he die, there shall no blood be shed for him. If the sun be risen upon him, there shall be blood shed for him, for he should make full restitution. If he have nothing, then he shall be sold for his theft. If the theft be certainly found in his hand alive, whether it be ox or ass or sheep, he shall restore double. If a man shall cause a field or vineyard to be eaten, and shall put in his beast, and shall feed in another man's field, of the best of his own field, and of the best of his own vineyard, shall he make restitution. If fire break out and catch in thorns, so that the stacks of corn, or the standing corn, or the field, be consumed therewith, he that kindled the fire shall surely make restitution. If a man shall deliver unto his neighbor money or stuff to keep, and it be stolen out of the man's house, if the thief be found, let him pay double. If the thief be not found, then the master of the house shall be brought unto the judges to see whether he hath put his hand unto his neighbor's goods. For all manner of trespass, whether it be for ox, for ass, for sheep, for raiment, or for any manner of lost thing, which another challengeth to be his, the cause of both parties shall come before the judges, and whom the judges shall condemn, he shall pay double unto his neighbor. If a man deliver unto his neighbor an ass, or an ox, or a sheep, or any beast to keep, and it die, or be hurt, or driven away, no man seeing it, then shall an oath of the Lord be between them both, that he hath not put his hand unto his neighbor's goods, and the owner of it shall accept thereof, and he shall not make it good. And if it be stolen from him, he shall make restitution unto the owner thereof. If it be torn in pieces, then let him bring it for witness, and he shall not make good that which was torn. And if a man borrow aught of his neighbor, and it be hurt, or die, the owner thereof being not with it, he shall surely make it good. But if the owner thereof be with it, he shall not make it good. If it be an hired thing, it came for his hire. And if a man entice a maid that is not betrothed, and lie with her, he shall surely endow her to be his wife. If her father utterly refuse to give her unto him, he shall pay money according to the dowry of virgins. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Whosoever lieth with a beast shall surely be put to death. He that sacrificeth unto any god, save unto the Lord only, he shall be utterly destroyed. Thou shalt neither vex a stranger, nor oppress him, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. Ye shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. If thou afflict them in any wise, and they cry at all unto me, I will surely hear their cry, and my wrath shall wax hot, and I will kill you with the sword, and your wives shall be widows, and your children fatherless. If thou lend money to any of my people that is poor by thee, thou shalt not be to him as an usurer, neither shalt thou lay upon him usury. If thou at all take thy neighbor's raiment to pledge, thou shalt deliver it unto him by that the sun goeth down, for that is his covering only. It is his raiment for his skin, wherein shall he sleep. And it shall come to pass, when he crieth unto me, that I will hear, for I am gracious. Thou shalt not revile the gods, nor curse the ruler of thy people. Thou shalt not delay to offer the first of thy ripe fruits, and of thy liquors. The firstborn of thy sons shalt thou give unto me. Likewise shalt thou do with thine oxen and with thy sheep. Seven days it shall be with his dam. On the eighth day thou shalt give it to me. And ye shall be holy men unto me. Neither shall ye eat any flesh that is torn of beasts in the field. Ye shall cast it to the dogs. Chapter 23. Thou shalt not raise a false report. Put not thine hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. 
Neither shalt thou speak in a cause to decline after many to rest judgment. Neither shalt thou countenance a poor man in his cause. If thou meet thine enemy's ox or his ass going astray, thou shalt surely bring it back to him again. If thou see the ass of him that hateth thee lying under his burden and wouldest forbear to help him, thou shalt surely help with him. Thou shalt not rest the judgment of thy poor in his cause. Keep thee far from a false matter, and the innocent and righteous slay thou not, for I will not justify the wicked. And thou shalt take no gift, for the gift blindeth the wise, and perverteth the words of the righteous. Also thou shalt not oppress a stranger, for ye know the heart of a stranger, seeing ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. And six years thou shalt sow thy land, and shalt gather in the fruits thereof. But the seventh year thou shalt let it rest and lie still, that the poor of thy people may eat, and what they leave the beasts of the field shall eat. In like manner thou shalt deal with thy vineyard and with thy olive yard. Six days thou shalt do thy work, and on the seventh day thou shalt rest, that thine ox and thine ass may rest, and the son of thy handmaid and the stranger may be refreshed. And in all things that I have said unto you be circumspect, and make no mention of the name of other gods, neither let it be heard out of thy mouth. And our reading in the New Testament for February 5th is Matthew 24, 1-28. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to shew him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another, that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth let him understand, then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house, neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall shew great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. 
Our reading in Psalms for February 5th is Psalm 29, 1-11. A Psalm of David Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve and discovereth the forests. And in his temple doth every one speak of his glory. The Lord sitteth upon the flood. Yea, the Lord sitteth king forever. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. And our reading in Proverbs for February 5th is Proverbs 7, 6-23. For at the window of my house I looked through my casement, and beheld among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths, a young man void of understanding, passing through the street near her corner. And he went the way to her house, in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. And behold, there met him a woman, with the attire of an harlot, and subtle of heart. She is loud and stubborn, her feet abide not in her house. Now she is without, now in the streets, and lieth in wait at every corner. So she caught him, and kissed him, and with an impudent face said unto him, I have peace offerings with me. This day have I paid my vows. Therefore came I forth to meet thee, diligently to seek thy face, and I have found thee. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry, with carved works, with fine linen of Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with loves. For the good man is not at home. He has gone a long journey. He hath taken a bag of money with him, and will come home at the day appointed. With her much fair speech she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips she forced him. He goeth after her straightway, as an ox goeth to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks, till a dart strike through his liver. As a bird hasteth to the snare, and knoweth not that it is for his life. And that's it for the fifth. Okay, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Since wickedness seems to be making another takeover play, I thought maybe we should be reminded that there but for the grace of God go us, had we not been redeemed. So I figured a week on redemption would be in order. So today's prayer is on Acts 9.4, which says, And he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? So hit the 30 second back button on your podcast player a few times, and meditate with me for a little while on how everybody can be saved, because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, like the parable of the prodigal son shows us, no one is ever so far away from you that we can't be rescued. Saul of Tarsus was a real-life prodigal who went farther down the road of evil than the son ever did. Yet in spite of his own persecution of your church, even helping at the stoning of Stephen, you met him on the road to Damascus and made him a new creature, even changing his name. We thank you, Father, that there is no sinner so far gone that they cannot be redeemed. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yallin' I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody that's listening and let this podcast be a some kind of help to them. Amen. 
You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google, CastBox, and Facebook. If you like what we're doing and you want to support it, what I really need for you to do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. And if you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, just try to avoid making things any worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. Listen to them, and we will be insulated from Follies Flattery. Follies Flattery. New band name. Write that down. (laughs) 